0: Song. I know the story, as many, many do the story to it, and I think we always enjoy the song. It has great beauty to it and everything, and I appreciate that. Um, As Forrest mentioned, Kyle and Lauren are not with us this morning. Got a text from them. They were on their way to the hospital. A room opened up there. They'll be inducing her labor today, so we'll hope that. Now, Kyle was talking to me just the other day, and you know how guys have never had any children, wives haven't had any children yet, talk. No, he was being very good, seriously, and he said, you know, Russ, your voice may be the very first voice our baby hears. Now, what a sad thought that is. <laughs> oh, it's good to be with you today. It's a great day, and uh, in a lot of ways, we do wish the very best for them. We hope to hear, perhaps a little later today, that that little boy has made his way into the world, and we're excited for that, and that everything is well with them, and we're, we're looking forward to that. It, uh, he had texted me early this morning. Said they would delayed their coming into the hospital because there were so many women coming into labor this morning. So I don't know what it is. Today must be the day to have babies. So we'll uh, we'll just hope for that to be a very good sign for them in the day throughout the day, and we'll look forward to that coming down the road. And we'll look forward to sharing that with them in the coming days ahead as well. And I'll, you know, there's something that crossed my mind this week, and thinking about this, and you know, we keep hearing this these messages that seem like we've we passed this peak I was reading an article just to say, and I don't know whether anybody knows what they're talking about yet or not in honesty Uh, said you know we passed this peak looks like we're probably not going to have any more like that there's so much immunity out there and this and that and it all depends on who you listen to I guess and I hope they're right I hope they're right. I hope we are on a downward trend and maybe this thing's going to be around a while like a whole lot of things are, but we'll be able to deal with it in a good way like we do so many other things. I hope that's the truth. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I, I haven't studied these things. I just watch it like the rest of us do. And I got to thinking, if we truly are, if we truly are, and I think we are, we're gaining speed, and I think we're doing so in a good way, and some of the things are coming to life again. You know, we didn't get to have the Affirming the Faith seminar last year. A lot of things have been canceled, held back, people were resistant to go. Still, a lot of people hesitant to come into assemblies, and I understand that. I'm not critical of that. We've got several who watch us online because there, there is that hesitancy, and I can understand that. I do, I do, and I hope you do too. And all this, this is not in, uh, this is not in any way intended to be a criticism of people's perception and, and uh, hesitancy to dealing with these things because it's been very real to us and we understand that. But I hope we are in the right way. And so where do we go from here? I think the idea we take what we've learned and we basically get on the road again. No, we're not going to sing Willie Nelson's song. I don't care if you pick it out. But we are to be on the road again. And I looked at Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, now I thought about using what I referenced with before the Lord's Supper. Because they were on the road. And that was after the resurrection. That would have been a good one. But I want to use that then. And so I want, to, I want you to look at these verses. And I want us to draw some good things from it and maybe kind of twist it just a little bit, not to do any harm to the scripture by any means, but I want want you to think about a couple of things. It says in verse 42 of Luke chapter 4, now when it was day, he departed, speaking of Jesus, he departed and went into a deserted place. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, Listen to this, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. Now I'm going to stop right there. You can read on the rest of the verse and so forth, but I'm going to stop right there. And he went on. In other words, Jesus got on the road. Got on the road. He'd been stalled for a while and he got on the road. Now some of the things that I want to say here in the beginning may seem kind of out of line with this. But I think the idea is there. But I was thinking about another line from a song that says, everybody needs a little time away. I think sometimes we, we look for an opportunity to get away from those compelling, those pressing forces that that get into our lives we'd like to get away from that for a little while it's a time to gather our thinking to rest our bodies we can call it vacation we can call it respite we can call it an exodus we can call it anything we want but we want to get a clear picture of where we are within the context of our lives and I think we need to do that now we need to see ourselves within the context of where we are and the opportunities that are ours and so forth Whether you call it a vacation, a respite, a leave, an absence, or whatever, and whether it's voluntary or it's forced on you, it may be needed. It may be needed. But then there comes the time. Then there comes that time to return to action. I want you to think about where Jesus was. I want you to think about what he had been doing. Because if you read in the context of this, we find Jesus has has been off. He's been baptized by John. He's been tempted by the devil. He's begun his Galilean ministry. He started this work, but he's back in Galilee. Back in Galilee where he's lived since he was young. He's back in Galilee among people that know him. He's back in Galilee where they question him. He's back in Galilee where they wonder, how in the world did this fellow get that kind of thinking? He's back in Galilee where they're beginning to be amazed at what he is and what he has done and thinking about him in so many special ways. They're looking at him and they're wondering about him, but he's back in Galilee among the people who know him. And it's kind of comfortable there. But like so many lives, there needs to be some changes. And when those changes come as disruptions, and I, I think that disruptions are, are just the normal pattern of life. Because in our lives, typically we don't think about plan for great disruptions in our lives. We try to get in a mode and where we were flowing in a certain way. That's typical of us. We want to get in this mode, want to do this, make our plans, follow our plans, and keep our plans going down the road. But you know, you and I both know that it doesn't work that way. The question is not whether there will be disruptions or changes in our lives. The question is, how will we handle, how will we deal with those disruptions? Even more, how will we handle life after? Isn't that the question? Life after a disruption enters our life. Think about it. Let me ask you. Did you plan for your life's circumstances to be where they are at this time? Did you plan for your life's circumstances to be where they are exactly at this time? No. Let's be honest. There may be some things, some semblances of it, but no, that's not the way we had exactly had it in mind. The truth is, and we might as well admit it, that our plans have been altered and changed many times along the way. There were things we'd hoped to do that we're never going to be able to do, things that we didn't think would happen and have happened in our lives. But it is in the wake of those things, in the wake of those things that, that distract or take us away from our determined goals. And this is where we begin to get back to Jesus now. Those things that might distract, detract, and turn us from our determined goals is when we, will, we most need to choose what we will do the challenge for us is to regain our determination and basically to get on the road again so think about roads and detours for a moment we think about where jesus is and what he's doing and he's among people that love him and, and dealing with with this and they're appreciating him and they love him there but he says i've got to go some other places i got to go do some things down the road i've got to move. They say no 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 stay here with us But he says, I've got to go. Jesus was telling them he needed to go. He had places to go and people that he needed to see, and he had a very short period of time to do it in. Perhaps one advantage he might have had over us is he knew kind of the time frame, I assume, that he was dealing with. He had places to go, people to see, the time was short. And while his work had been fairly geographically limited at that point in his ministry, he said, I've got to step out. There are things I need to do, places I need to go. Yes, we might say, well, he could have stayed, couldn't he? Now, I know that takes us out of Scripture. But like us, he could make his choices. He could have stayed. He could have stayed right there. There were people to heal. There were people to teach. There were opportunities among the people right there in his own community. but the time in Galilee had been good. It had changed a lot of lives. It changed the thinking in people's lives. And it would have been easy, it would have been comfortable to be among those people who wanted him to stay, who embraced him and wanted to be with him right then. And so I offer to you there are often several ways in which we will travel. Some some have that just straight course. And I'm not talking about the gospel here now. I'm not talking about the course to God. I'm just talking about how we conduct our lives. But even when you're headed to a destination, sometimes you want to stop along the way and see the giant ball of twine or or, the, or or something else that's along the roadside. Say, down this way is this. I know we were headed to uh, South Dakota and, and got up the way and and they said that there was a sign off to some falls out there. And we start driving down a gravel road, mile after mile after mile. But you know, once we got there and found the park, it was the most beautiful little park up there. Rough, if you're up there, Rough Lock Falls. And a beautiful place. But it wasn't on the plan. It was just something we did along the way. So sometimes you, when you're headed to a, des, a destination, I'm not paralleling heading to heaven. That's not the point. But sometimes we, we take those alternate courses for a little while. But when we're talking about roads, when we're talking about taking on the road, when we're talking about getting back to the road, roads are about moving forward. And sometimes it's about saying goodbye. And that's what Jesus was saying to these people here. Right now, I've got to say goodbye. Because it was about recognizing the need for others to hear what he had to say. What he came to share with them. Taking to the road was about knowing the purpose that he had to fulfill. And as I said, maybe he could have stayed there, could have stayed there longer, could have avoided some of the things, but think of what we would miss. Consider, consider the encounters, consider the events, consider the parables, consider the things that we would not have in our, in our arsenal, in our repertoire to, to cherish the stories that we know because he went on the road. What we wouldn't have if he didn't go on the road. Just shortly after this, he goes and finds Simon Peter. And Peter's been out fishing all night. Jesus uses a boat for a sermon that tells him to launch out in the deep and catch his net. Peter says, I've been out there fishing all night. didn't catch anything, Lord, but I'll do it because you said so. And all of a sudden, he pulls in this great catch of fish. We wouldn't have that story. We wouldn't know that. Or what about the visit in John 4 with the Samaritan woman? And the message about worship of God. And her questions that were there. And the changing of a Samaritan village. Or about the woman caught in adultery and John 8 is brought to him. And what we draw out of that is that beautiful message about casting stones. Let him who is without sin cast a stone at her first. Wow, how that reaches home. We wouldn't have the picture of Jesus finding that man who had been born blind. And Jesus gave him his sight. We wouldn't have the Matthew's accounts to accounts of the multiplying of the fish and the bread to feed thousands upon thousands of people with a small amount of food. We wouldn't have John 11 where Jesus goes to the tomb of Lazarus and commands that it be opened and calls him out from the grave. We wouldn't have so many events and we wouldn't have the marvelous stories. We wouldn't have that story in Luke 10 of the, the Good Samaritan we call it. We wouldn't have Luke 15 and the prodigal son. We wouldn't have the marvelous picture of Jesus and his disciples in that Last Supper from which we draw the consideration of our own Lord's Supper. Think of the things we wouldn't have, but because he was willing to take up from where he was. He was willing to separate from where he was. He was willing to go against the wishes of those who were immediately around him. He was willing to get out there and get on the road and do what needed to be done. And Dr. Zeus's little book says, oh, the places you, and I put in there, we will go. Oh, the places you we will go. But that leads us to where we are in a sense and we, we begin to wonder, we see where Jesus was, we know what's going on and he's got his, his passion and he's, he, and he's got his purpose and he's got his determination and he's, he's ready to go. But what about you and me? What about the places we will go? The question may be, what do we do after the event? What do we do after the battle? What does the soldier do after the battle? A common challenge for soldiers when they come home from war, what do they do then? I always think about Bing Crosby's song in White Christmas, What do you do with a general when a general stops being a general? I like that song. What do you do with the preacher when he stops being a preacher? Well, that happened a long time ago, so we'll just leave it at that. But seriously, what what do we do after the battle? What do we do after the war? We feel like we've, we've reached a point. What do we begin to do then? I think people are amplified. People are excited when they're in the midst of conflict and the challenge is big out there. But when that challenge begins to subside, what do we do then? Too often, we lose enthusiasm. Too often, we begin to slide and begin to fade. When the building is built, when the, the crowds begin to assemble, when we're not pressing for quite the money we once did or something like that, when we get past the great, the great oppression, what do we do then? We don't want to fade for lack of clarity in what we need to do. It made me think about how when, when you're, especially a young student in high school, And there are always those heroes in the high school, the quarterback for the football team or the the big scorer on the basketball team or or whoever it might be. The hero, the hometown hero of the high school. And then everybody graduates and goes their way and then one day they call everybody back and have one of those big reunions and you find out that the, the great hero of the group hasn't really gone very far. And you think, what happened? To that purpose, that person that had seemingly the greatest purpose, I think it's when that purpose is lost. You never find the passion to drive it forward again. Sometimes the hero is found to be just the ordinary in the passing years. You might think about Simon the Sorcerer in Acts chapter 8 when when uh, Peter and John come. Philip had come and taught and and all things were exciting. But when he saw what Peter and John could do, Simon the Sorcerer, he wants to be the big guy again. Everybody had turned to him at one time. Now they were no longer turning to him. He wanted to be that big guy again. What do you do? The question is, What's next? what comes next so perhaps this is the question that arises after a person passes that initial excitement of becoming a christian the waters are behind you you've been through the waters you've been baptized into christ you began again there was that that pressing excitement that great desire to do the right thing and to be in the lord's body and suddenly you're there and you think what do i do now I think about those Christians in the earliest days, and we've been looking at them some on Sunday nights. As they grab hold of where they are and they move forward and do the best they can. And I add the little note here. Some of the last words of Jesus were, as you can read it, it is finished. It is finished. But it wasn't over, was it? It wasn't over, was it? He went to the ground. He came out of the ground. He spent about 40 days among some of his disciples. He was seen by at least 500 at one time. And he spent about 40 days encouraging, instructing, and preparing those disciples for the things that were coming ahead. He even gets into the the mix when when, uh, Saul of Tarsus is about to go into Damascus and, and persecute Christians there. For his promise, his promise in the end was what? I am with you. He hasn't quit. On the cross, he said it was finished. Yes, that part was. So, this is where it goes. We question, what does it mean to get on the road again? In the last couple of years, we've been doing what we believed to be right. And in the best way that we've known how to do it, we've tried to do things. We've tried to do them in a good way. We've tried to keep things up. And I, I think a lot of good things have happened. For we found ourselves interrupted by those circumstances that were beyond our control, seemingly, in this pandemic, as we call it. But we need to begin to think of what we do Now. As Jesus said, It's time for me to move forward. It's time to let the tires meet the road. Let me offer you five quick things very quickly here because the time is very short. Let me offer you five quick things here that we see in what he did. One is to bring together all the things that have been done, learned, and anticipated. That's what they did in Acts 15 when they begin to wonder, well, can we let Gentiles into the, into the church? Only Jews have been allowed into the church so far. Well, can we let Gentiles? Well, we've got to think about this a little bit. Well, they bring together all the things that have been done and Cornelius and, and all those things, and they learn and even anticipated And then secondly, they overcame complacency because we can become so comfortable where we are. We can become so lax in what we're doing. We can become so routine in what we have before us that we become so complacent, we become comfortable, and we become a little bit like the church that's described in Laodicea in Revelation two fifteen. And he said, said, you're just lukewarm. And thirdly, we need to regain that sense of purpose, that driving purpose that pushes us forward and strives to be more and more like Jesus every every day that presents that message to the people around us that makes Christ and His church important, important in our lives. And fourthly, we need to set aside unnecessary fears. Yes, there are sometimes reasons to hesitate. I understand that we're there. We've been a part of it. We've shared that. We, we recognize realities that are there. But we need to set aside unnecessary fears where we can. Push ourselves forward as best we can in whatever way we can. I'm not talking about throwing your life to the wind and saying, forget all about it. God will just take care of it. He's going to keep me from getting the disease. That's not what I'm saying. But understand, we need to set aside unnecessary fears and push ourselves forward. Jesus looked at those disciples in the boat that night. And the winds and the waves were rocking and waves were coming over the sides right into the boat. And they were worried that the boat was going to swamp and sink. And Jesus looked at them and said, why are you afraid? Maybe we need to ask ourselves, the question from time to time what is it that we're fearful or what causes our fear and why is it we are fearful and then finally we need to rebegin that's not really a good word is it rebegin one step at a time how many times we sung the old invitation song one step at a time dear savior i cannot take any more we need to re-begin one step at a time so jesus challenged his followers to overcome obstacles to service in the very beginning of the ministry as he sent them out matthew ten they're gonna hate you and family members and everything else gonna be a real problem verse thirty and four five and so forth don't think you need to go running back and grab hold of the past again need to go home and see those at home go back and tell my father goodbye luke nine says Let the dead bury the dead. Let's move forward in our lives. That's what a recommitment is all about, moving forward. That's why I say, to borrow the phrase from a silly song, it's time to get on the road again. While it was not really a recommitment for Jesus, it was a step beyond where he was among familiar and comfortable people and places. Perhaps it is time for us to look carefully at our own individual lives, at ourselves, and at the purpose that is before us, and determinedly get ourselves on the road again. If Jesus leads us that way, how could we not go that way? We will sing this song of encouragement, an invitation. Maybe there's someone even here this morning that needs to respond to that invitation. Maybe you've considered that thought this day. If you have, we're going to sing this song. Let it be an opportunity and an encouragement to you, and all you need to do is come. If there's another need you have, we gladly assist you in that. But let it also be a time of recommittal to each and every one of us this day. If you need to come, please do so while we stand. While we sing.